0: This whole passage is about the armor of God. What's the armor that we normally put on? What armor do we take to put around ourselves to protect us from the attacks that come? What are the things that we hold on to? What are the things that we place upon ourselves to give an identity of ourselves for people to see and to kind of protect us around from some kind of thing attacking? What kind of barrier do we put around ourselves to to protect the things that we don't really want people to see. See, I think we do this in a number of ways. Think of it this way. Let me put in some different words for you. When someone asks you a question of who you are, and in a short span of time, you want to answer them, what do you lead with? Do you lead with education? Do you lead with where you're from? Do you lead with your position at work? Do you lead with your being done with work? Do you lead with any of these things that kind of give people a sense of who you are, but not really a deep sense of who you are? Because I doubt you lead with the broken parts. I doubt you lead with some sort of um, addiction that you've been fighting. I doubt you lead with some sort of brokenness going on at home. And I doubt you lead with the broken heart that you have from the death of a loved one. I doubt you lead with any of these things or to the deeper pieces. Those are the things we generally stick down deep and hold on to. And when we first meet somebody, we have an armor, an armor we place upon ourselves. I think back to high school, and I had a fun car to drive in high school, a 68 Mustang. And in the mid-90s, 68 Mustang was pretty cool, right? Right? turquoise blue, white Landau top, 289 V8 knit, and it ran. It was so much fun. And I was known as the guy with the blue Mustang, and that was fine with me. There was another blue Mustang, but his was dark blue. Mine was shiny blue, you know. But I was known as the guy with the Mustang, and I liked it there, because then people knew of me for for that, and that was awesome. They didn't need to know me as the kid with A broken home. They didn't need to know me as the guy whose heart was broken and the fact that mom and dad hadn't been together for years. They didn't need to know me as the guy who mom and stepdad were getting a divorce in the middle of high school. They didn't need to know me from the broken heart of a relationship of the girl that I really liked in the front row. They didn't need to know me for the fact that the car broke down every other weekend. They just needed to know that it was a cool car and that was fine. They didn't need to know those deeper things. At least I didn't want them to know those things. See, God puts people in our lives that start to see through that armor even. Because all of our armor that we place around ourselves to hide the things that we don't want people to see, that armor is really worked out in sin. It's a protective measure that we do. But in that armor, there's chinks and holes, pieces where something has been shot through and it made it all the way through and it shows the war-stained, work of the things that have gone on and it can't live up to it it can't handle it in fact more often than not it breaks down and when satan starts to see those things break and start to see the real you underneath that armor man that attack gets even stronger because he's got a weak point to point into a place where those little fiery darts can make their way into and have even greater effect see that armor starts to break and wear down and tarnish and it hurts. But that's not the armor you actually have on all the time. Yeah, you've got it on most of the time, probably. But over time, there's a different armor. It's an armor that's placed on you in baptism. It's an armor that is placed on you by God himself. See, that armor, the king's armor, the one that is uniquely made so that When people would see the king come onto the battlefield, they would know the king was on the field. It wasn't just another foot soldier. It wasn't just another knight. It wasn't just another soldier making his way on. The king, the leader, was on the field. They could tell by the headpiece and the way that it was designed. They could tell by the ornately worked breastplate with the seal of the kingdom on it. They could tell that something different was coming. That's the armor that's been placed on you. The whole armor of God, the headpiece of salvation that is worked out through Christ alone and nobody else. You didn't get to work out that headpiece or that salvation, but by the hands of God through Christ, that salvation was made uniquely by him. Nothing else looks like it and it's placed upon your head. The belt of truth, one single truth that comes from nowhere else, that ties absolutely everything else together and holds it together. A breastplate of righteousness wrought by the work of God through Christ on the cross. His own blood shaping that righteousness so that you would not have to worry about your righteousness. But when people see you coming, they would see Christ. An armor placed on you in baptism. A faith given to you as a shield. A faith that would quench All of the fiery attacks of Satan, when all of your defenses break down and have broken down, there is that defense of God there to protect you, to keep you from Satan's attacks. Faith to believe in the promises of God, a sword of God's own very spirit there, not used to attack, but there as a defense, there as something solid by your side, the very word of God placed within your armor. See, the beautiful part are the shoes. No one ever looks at people's shoes. Sometimes they might look at their shoes, but a soldier's shoes, they're all the same. Be them boots or sandals or whatever it was, but in Paul's day, see, the shoes of the Roman soldiers were a little unique. These shoes were actually some of the first that had nails driven through them so that they would be cleats. And be stuck in the ground so that when those soldiers linked arms and got together and were standing together in the defense mode against them and and attacked, they could not be moved. They were solid on the ground, not being able to be pushed back at all. And the shoes put on your feet are the peace of the gospel. The peace of the gospel worked in Christ alone. His word, his promise, his truth, his forgiveness of your sins that wrapped your feet and sinks them into the ground so that you cannot be moved in any way because that is the solid foundation in which you stand. That is the solid promise in which God has made you stand. And I don't know if you caught it in that letter as Paul was writing, but not once did he say, go, run, attack. In fact, several times he said, stand, stand firm, do not be moved with the armor of God. His armor placed upon you. That's all that people see. It's what God has done. You're right. Inside that armor, you may be broken and crying and scared and sinful. But God doesn't see you that way. God sees you as forgiven. God sees you as His child wrapped in His love and in his work, and you are absolutely forgiven in that, and the world cannot see the broken parts. They solely see that you are forgiven. And as God's armor is on you, there is nothing else shining except for his love and his work as you go out about your day, and as you are stuck, planted firm in the gospel. Have no doubt about what God has done for you. You're his, and nothing is going to shake you out of those shoes of the gospel you pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us in Christ. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to work everything necessary for us, as you already have in Jesus, that you would hold on to us in that love all the way into eternity. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us each and every day as We cannot handle the attacks that come against us, yet we know that you are the one that fights the battle for us. We pray, Lord, that you be with us, that you hold on to us in the peace of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.